Good morning, church. Good morning. How are you all? Are you well? Wonderful, wonderful. I think we could just have a little chat. Uh, so, we are on at the last talk in our Holy Spirit series. And we've been on a journey with this series, haven't we? And um, I'm wondering how the slides are doing. Are we good to get... Oh, Max saying yes. Okay. So we've been on a journey with this uh, series. And um, to start with, we uh, looked at... We kind of did a kind of Holy Spirit 101. So we looked at who is the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit... Uh, the Holy Spirit and the believer being baptized, and we look at a whole load of kind of uh, foundational theology with the Holy, to do with the Holy Spirit. And then we moved on to gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, and we looked at the nine gifts that Paul writes about there. So word of wisdom, knowledge, healing, faith, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And then we've moved into some broader areas, uh, worshiping the spirit that Fee spoke about. Uh, last week, Bruce Collins spoke about faith and the environment of faith. And this morning, to kind of I was going to say to finish us off, but that's not the right phrase, is it? Uh, to finish us off, to, um, to round all that up, hopefully, we are going to look at life in the Spirit. Now, after, I'm just going to pop that down there. Now, um, after hearing and applying and responding to all that we've looked at and experienced over these past weeks, how can we encourage ourselves and encourage each other to live a life in the Spirit? And what I'd like us to do is to go back to the prayer that Ollie offered us right back in week one, and you will hopefully have found that in your seats. And I'm, we're going to come back to that because I think it gives us a picture of what life in the Spirit can be like. And we're going to use this prayer to structure our thoughts this morning on living life in the Spirit. We are not going to look at every line of the prayer. We're going to just look at four lines, four bits, just, be, just for time's sake, no other reason, um, four parts of this prayer. So let, allow me just to read it to you to remind ourselves of what this prayer has in it. Come, Holy Spirit, come fill and renew us and increase our capacity for you. Come teach and guide us to keep in step with you so that we do not grieve you. Come sustain and comfort us in these difficult times. Come equip us with the gifts we need so that we can build up, encourage, and comfort the church. Come fill us with your power so we can proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to others and see the kingdom come. Come, Holy Spirit, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start with the second line of that prayer. Come fill 
and renew us and increase our capacity for you. And just before I go any further, I am just going to double check. Right, okay. So there's no PowerPoint slides. We've had a wee bit of a tech issue there. So that's fine. We've done it at the 8.45 without any slides. We can do it again. So just, just be conscious, be aware that there's no slides. Okay. So line two, come fill and renew us and increase our capacity for you. Now, I've been praying this prayer as part of my daily time with Jesus, and this line is probably my favorite part of the prayer, because to me, all the other requests we ask of the Holy Spirit in this prayer come from this request for filling, renewing, and for increasing our capacity for him. Now, as I'm sure you know, uh, time and time again in the scriptures, we see Jesus and the disciples filled with the Holy Spirit. So in Luke 4, 14, uh, we read, Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 4, 8, Peter is addressing the Sanhedrin, and it says that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit before them. In Acts 13.9, uh, it says that Paul was filled with the Spirit as he had an interaction with Elimus, uh, Elimas, the sorcerer. And in Ephesians 5.18, Paul instructs us, and the Ephesians and us, to be filled with the Spirit. So we have the Holy Spirit in our lives when we become a Christian as a guarantee, uh, as a deposit of our inheritance, and we see from the scriptures we are to be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit. And I just want to highlight here a wee connection that really came apparent to me as I've been reading between being filled with the Spirit and worship. Now, one commentator writes, there is a direct relationship between the ministry of the Holy Spirit and proclamation and praise. There's a direct relationship between the ministry of the Holy Spirit and proclamation and praise. And it's my experience that spirit-filled worship changes us. It changes the spiritual atmosphere and it can increase the faith environment. As we give ourselves in spirit-filled worship to him, we encounter Jesus. He inhabits our praise. And it's not unusual for salvations to occur, for healing to be released, for gifts to be imparted, and transformation to happen as we worship. And sometimes as we're filled with worship in the Spirit, we may find ourselves moving into a time of spontaneous praise. And we did that this morning. The worship team led us into a time of spontaneous praise. And I wonder what the spontaneous praise might look like for you. Is it, might it look like raising your palms upwards? Might it be clapping? Is it speaking out, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord? Is it raising a hand or hands? Is it singing a word of praise? Worthy, 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 as we sing. Is it speaking out the name of Jesus? Is it singing in tongues? Is it dancing? Is it kneeling? Is it laying flat? And I would encourage you, as you worship at home, 
in the car, in the shower, or anywhere else, and here in this safe place to explore what spirit-led, spontaneous spirit praise looks like for you. Life in the spirit brings our worship to life. Being filled with the spirit releases something within us, enabling us to worship in spirit and truth. And as we gather as church family, let's come ready Let's come ready to worship in spirit and truth. Now, as I've read this prayer, and I've been loving and focusing on this second line, I've been kind of captured by the statement, increase our capacity for you. And in my head, when I think of increased capacity, uh, the metaphor for me is exercise. Now, as you might tell, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with exercise. But the more we exercise, the more we do. So, for instance, in the past, uh, when I was doing Couch to 5K, the NHS running program app, when I started off week one, day one, I could barely breathe after running one minute. I mean, seriously, I thought I was going to need some medical assistance. I could barely breathe after, after running for a minute. But by week six, I was running 25 minutes. And by week nine, I was running 30 minutes. You see, the more I ran, the more my body, my lungs, my heart, my muscles got used to running and the greater my capacity for running became. And similarly, the more we know, experience, get filled, live our lives with the Holy Spirit, the more our capacity for him increases. So for instance, when I take a wee step of faith, and maybe give a word of knowledge, or follow a Holy Spirit nudge and pray for healing for someone, then my faith is increased, and my desire for more of him is also increased. It's like I say, and sometimes I do, it's like I say, yes, that was great, Lord. Can I have some more, please? Can I have some more, please? Can you increase my capacity? Let's look at the line that says, come teach and guide us to keep in step with you so that we do not grieve you. Now, I'll get my book. Now, there has, uh, over the series, there have been numerous book recommendations, and I've been trying to read a few, uh, and the one that I really enjoyed was, but was particularly challenged by is this one by Francis Chan called Forgotten God. Uh, And in this book, at one point, uh, Chan talks about Galatians 5, verses 16 and 25. And Galatians 5, 16 and verse 25 say this, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I'm going to read you a couple of paragraphs now that Chan uh, says about, 
in reflection on this. So Chan writes, the phrases, keeping in step with the Spirit and walking with the Spirit are most likely familiar. But do they affect your life in a practical and meaningful way? Thinking, questioning, and talking can take the place of letting the Spirit affect our immediate actions in radical ways. God wants to see his children stake everything on his power and presence in their lives. Now, please note, Chan isn't saying, don't talk, think, and question about walking in the Spirit. He's not saying that. But what he is saying is don't let those things, don't let the talking and the questioning and the thinking get in the way of, stop us from walking in the Spirit. Stop us from doing the stuff, taking immediate action, the things the Spirit is asking us to do. Now, Chan goes on to say, nowhere in Scripture... Do I see a balanced life with a little bit of God added in as an ideal to emulate? Yet when I look at our churches, this is exactly what I see. A lot of people who have have added Jesus to their lives. People who have, in a sense, asked him to join them on their journey to follow them wherever they feel they should go, rather than following him as we are commanded. The God of the universe is not something we can just add to our lives and keep on as we did before. The spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is not someone who we can just call on when we want a little extra power in our lives. He continues, Jesus Christ did not die in order to follow us. He died and rose again so that we could forget everything else and follow him to the cross, to true life. Now, I appreciate that's quite blunt. And do you see my challenge (laughs) that I was left with after reading that? And one of the significant things I've been sitting with since reading those few paragraphs is this idea of balance. We live in a world where having balance in our lives is important. A balanced response, a balance between rest and activity, a work-life balance. All these things are good Are you hearing me say that all these things are good? Balanced life, balanced response, work-life balance, they're all good. And, and, I wonder if the idea of balance has perhaps shown up negatively in my relationship with God. In that, I wonder if I've if I've added the Holy Spirit to the list of things I need to balance in my life. Don't get too exuberant with the Holy Spirit, Sarah. People will think you're weird or strange. Let's have a little balance, Sarah, in terms of how much you let the Spirit move in your life. I wonder if I've added the Holy Spirit into my life 
saying, come join me, Spirit, in the things I'm doing when I need you, rather than following his lead and his guiding. The author of Hebrews reminds us our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews 12, 29. Our God is a consuming fire. It does not say that our God is like a fire. The author of Hebrews is not speaking of God the Father or God the Son at this point, but of God the Holy Spirit. He is a consuming fire. He's not a little bit of fire added in for balance. If life in the Spirit is allowing God, the Holy Spirit, to be all-consuming, what would that look like in my life? What would it look like in your life? What would our day-to-day lives look like in keeping in step with him? Decision by decision, Moment by moment, surrendering to him and being continually guided and led by our all-consuming Holy Spirit. And I know that the idea of moment by moment surrendering is a lifelong process. I know that. And I know at times it can feel scary because we don't know what we're, you know, where God's going to lead us sometimes. Um, but it can also be life-transforming, purpose-filled, and freedom-bringing. Because it moves us closer to being the people that we were designed to be. And as I think about keeping in step with the Spirit, by moment by moment, surrendering step by step, my mind is drawn to the inner work that the Spirit can do in that place of surrendering. My mind is drawn to the moment by moment decisions about eating and asking the Holy Spirit to help lead and guide me in that area. My mind is drawn to anger, which is often a shield, a a bodyguard for more vulnerable emotions. And how anger might be expressed and dealt with more gently as I, as we, surrender moment by moment to the Spirit. My mind is drawn to anxious, negative, self-critical thoughts and how moment by moment uh, giving ourselves to the Holy Spirit, guiding us, can uh, our our minds uh, be renewed and transformed. I would encourage you to notice what areas of your inner life that your mind is drawn to as we think about these things, this moment by moment, step by step, keeping in step with the Spirit. It may be that is where he is wanting to do a work, a transformation for you today.
Let's move on. Let's look at our next line. Come equip us with the gifts we need so that we can build up, encourage, and comfort the church. So, of course, over the seven weeks, we've looked at the nine spiritual gifts. I named them earlier. A word of wisdom and knowledge, healing, faith, miraculous, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits and tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And I wonder if over this time, you've discovered that you have a gift or several gifts. Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that everyone has at least one gift, if not more. I wonder if you've asked for a gift and been given a gift. I wonder if you feel like there have been times when the Holy Spirit has increased a particular gifting within you at a particular time, for a particular moment or for a particular reason. I wonder what your testimony would be. And I would love to hear them, so do come and tell me. I would love to hear them. I've been asking for the gift of healing. I'm not sure it's my primary gifting, but I've been asking the Lord to help me notice promptings and opportunities to pray for healing. So for instance, a couple of months ago, I was leaving the 845 service, uh, and Dave Crow, who was leading us this morning, uh, came in to get himself ready for the youth service. Um, and in my greeting, I asked Dave how he was doing. Hey, Di- hey Dave, how are you doing? And Dave replied, actually, he was, he was feeling pretty rubbish. He was feeling unwell. And... Um, And I thought this is a sign. It's a sign. I can pray for healing. It's a sign. So I, to be honest, poor Dave. I I just, I don't think I even asked him if I could pray for him. Okay, don't do that. It's always best to ask. Is it all right if I pray for you? Okay, that's that's the way to do it. Dave and I have served for a long time together. We know each other, and I just kind of said, "Let me pray." And I, and I just prayed a very short prayer. I prayed for healing. We said amen. Dave went on to get on with Envision, and I came to the 10.30 service. Now, I don't know, actually, if Dave felt better after that or later, but what, what I know is that I was obedient. I felt or sensed a prompting, and for me, it was important that I stepped out. I've also been practicing at home, So for Andrew and the girls, things like a sore teeth from tightened braces, uh, sore heads uh, and tummy aches are all fair game right now. (laughs) And we've seen some healing. And we've seen some healing. Paul tells us that the Spirit gives spiritual gifts for the common good. And what he means by that is for the building up, the strengthening, the encouragement of the church. And when we use the spiritual gifts that he's given us, he's given us, guess what? Our brothers and sisters are built up, encouraged, and strengthened. It's amazing. It's amazing. We are a stronger, healthier, more connected and bonded family when we use our gifts to bless each other. And let's look at the last line of the prayer that we're going to look at today. Come fill us with your power so we can proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to others and see the kingdom come. 
Now, the Greek word dunamis is used in the New Testament almost 120 times, and it refers to, it refers to the power that we receive through the Holy Spirit. Our risen Jesus in Acts 1.8 told the disciples, you will receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. As we live our life in the Spirit, it is natural then that we too can move and live and speak and act filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's part of our inheritance. It's part of him living with us, in, in us. And this applies both inside and outside the church. As we use our spiritual gifts to build one another up, and we can also use them outside the church, where as built up and encouraged and strengthened children of God, we're empowered to go love the world, to be Jesus to the world. And this is really just a natural extension of our moment by moment, decision by decision, keeping in step with the Spirit life. Listening for those prompts to speak Jesus, to show love, to pray for someone, to go the extra mile for a friend or a neighbor, to invite someone to Spirit Cafe or the carol service next week, and to pray for God to set up opportunities to step out. Now, I know this isn't always easy. And it can be scary, and I'm sure you will not be surprised to hear that I've missed Holy Spirit opportunities. And if I'm really honest, I've intentionally let Holy Spirit opportunities pass me by because of feeling fearful. But those times when I have stepped out, those times when I have prayed for people in the street, when I have invited people to things, uh, when I have given a stranger a word or bought a cup of coffee for someone, those times when I have been led by the Spirit, it's in those moments that I have felt most alive. I've felt most alive. See, when we live life in the Spirit also living life to the full, we feel most alive. I'm going to invite the band to come back up, please. And what I'd like to do as an initial response for us is um, for us to pray this prayer together on your yellow bits of paper to pray this prayer together. And then we're going to have some opportunities uh, to have some prayer ministry. But let's stand together if you're able and let's pray this prayer together. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. 
come fill and renew us and increase our capacity for you. Come teach and guide us to keep in step with you so that we do not grieve you. Come sustain and comfort us in these difficult times. Come equip us with the gifts we need so that we can build up, encourage, and comfort the church. Come fill us with your power so we can proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to others and see the kingdom come. Come, Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if the ministry team would like just to come forward, we're going to pray in pairs, please. And this morning, we're going to offer prayer ministry for any of us who just want to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. It's really important as Christians, as children of God, that we keep ourselves full of the Holy Spirit, because that way we're more able to walk in the Spirit. We're going to pray for those of us who may be the idea of an inner work this morning that needs to be done, that that moment-by-moment inner work, I mentioned eating, that was my, that's a personal one, I've talked about that before, anger, anxious thoughts, maybe there's an inner work this morning that you would like the prayer ministry to pray team to pray for you, that God would encounter you to live moment by moment, to take those things to him, for those things to be transformed moment by moment. It may be that you want to ask for a gift of the Holy Spirit or keep asking for a gift of the Holy Spirit. And if it's helpful for the ministry team to stand with you and pray with you for that, then absolutely, let's pray for that. And it may be this morning you're just desiring more of his power, more of his power to keep in step with him, more of his power to live a life in the Spirit, moment by moment, step by step, keeping in step with Him, that we may then live our spirit life out there in the world, being Jesus to others. So let me just quickly pray, and then we're going to invite you to come forward. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you are for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you, you sent the Holy Spirit to us. Holy Spirit, we love you. We adore you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the work that you do in our lives. Our heart cry this morning is that we would live in you, that we would live in step with you, moment by moment, decision by decision, step by step, listening for your voice, listening for your promptings, that we may become more of who you've created us to be, that we may be transformed, that we may feel more alive than we've ever felt, that we may live life to the full. So come, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.